It's the Dogcast, episode number 216. Dogs win big when the dogs need a big win. 38-0 over the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. Dogs, it's the Dog Cast, episode number 216. Me and Old Dog are back in the bunker after a big day in Athens. Man, I tell you, the weather, homecoming, it was the best day, I think, this year for a football game yesterday, as far as the weather. That was fantastic. It was, and I tell you, it was my kind of game. We ran 57 plays, and 39 of them were runs. <sighs> it would have been the only thing that would have made it better. As if it had been against an SEC opponent. <laughs> I'm telling you what, we did have a heavy dose of rushing yesterday, dog. And fans. I loved it. Dogs won big, 38 to zero after leading 31 to zero at the half. Uh, I know a lot of you guys might not have seen the game yesterday. Hopefully, a lot of you will catch the replay today on uh, CSS. I think it's being played right now while as we're we, recording as this. As we speak. Yeah, and we we've got it on there in the background. We've been watching it and. Uh, it was a heavy dose of rushing yesterday, yeah. old dog. And I know, you know, I'll, I'll let you give the rushing stats because I know nobody loves running the ball nobody, more than you. Absolutely. And like I say, if it had been, if we can do the same against Auburn next week, uh, I might have one of those Viagra moments where, <laughs> where it's up for four hours. Six to midnight. And I ain't, and I ain't telling a doctor. I'm just going to brag to all my friends. I hear you. But anyway, rushing 304 yards rushing. And just to throw into a negative 13 for the Golden Eagles. The Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles, who I think look like the throwback Chargers. They're yeah. like a throwback San Diego Chargers. It really, yeah, they, they did. Uh, they, they look more like the Chargers and than they, they were, did LSU. And they were all about the size of Lance Allworth. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, <laughs> but it was, that was interesting. Uh, total yards, 469 to just 55. Wow. For the Golden Eagles, it was a rough day for them. Uh, hey, before on the total yards thing, because I got a kick out of this. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you know I, I actually I tweeted extra heavy yesterday because I know a lot of people couldn't see the game, so I tried to uh, tweet a lot yesterday, and some people loved it and some people hated it. But you know, at the start of the fourth quarter yesterday, old dog, we had nine penalties. And they had nine yards. Wow. Nine yards total offense. You know, they kept getting yards and then not, and then losing them. Well, we were going to talk about penalties a little later, but they actually, we gave them more penalty yards than they had total offense. <laughs> yeah. But I, they, but, they advanced the ball through our penalties more than they did with their own offense. Yeah, but that's a, that's a subject for a little later in the show. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Smith. Got in a little time at uh, running back. Had an electrifying 52-yard run out of the wild dog formation. I, I'm telling you, that kid has Tron Jackson speed. I tell you. He I, turned that corner and was gone. I have not seen 
a kid run like that, run around another team. You know, my uh, my middle son was asking me yesterday because I was like, wow, Brandon Smith is fast, fastest guy we've had in a while. And uh, my middle son was like, well, you know, but what? No, Sean was fast, you know. And I said, look, No, Sean had a make you miss kind of thing. Yeah, he would cut and juke and spin. He would hit you hard and do things like that. But he didn't have. What we saw out of Brandon Smith yesterday. I have not seen a guy run around the other team since Robert Edwards. Yeah. That guy has, he, for those of you who didn't see the play, it looks like a cartoon or like when you see ESPN speed it up. Mm -hmm. He's just running a lot faster than everybody oh, else is. on the field. And funny you would mention Robert Edwards, who also started his career at Georgia's defensive back. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the caps off this right now. I'm, I'm telling you, how can you not be at least kicking around the idea? I know that we got this wild dog thing with the direct snap and stuff, but just like you said with Robert Edwards, we moved him over from defensive back to running back. I don't think Brandon Smith's as big as Robert Edwards. I no. mean, he's not. Well, he's just a freshman, though, too. And, I mean, but, Edwards didn't get back into the running back position until his junior year. So, I mean, Smith is going to have, you know, some – he's certainly going to get bigger. You're the rushing we specialist. Would hope, but, again, with our strength and conditioning program, <laughs> maybe not. Old dog, you're the rushing specialist. Now, do you not – don't you just have to start talking about Brandon I, Smith? I tell you, toting I, would, the rock? I would certainly do that. Again, I don't think he's an every down back, but he would certainly be great to throw in there as a change of pace. I know, or go to a, you know, I mean, I tell you, you know, mess around with the offense a little bit. Go to a three back offense. I'm go to, you. go to a little bit of, I mean, you know, have Sean Champas in there and, uh, blocking for those boys and have Walshawn Ely and, uh, Brandon Smith back there, fake to one, due to the other. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm telling you, I like what Sean Ely, I like what he did yesterday. I like the way he's running. I like the way Caleb King is running. Now, granted, you know, let's it, just get this. Everybody's got to use this, the, the sentence. It was, we were playing against a double A Tennessee Tech. Yeah. Ohio Valley team is what we were right. playing yesterday. But. Having said that, and as much as I like the little combination we've got going here with Ely and King, I think they're a good running back combination. I'm telling you, I don't know for a second that Brandon Smith couldn't be an every down back. I mean, I'm just not willing to concede that. Well, I don't. That kid's got maybe. He's, hell, I, I want to at least talk about Brandon he has, Smith. He's definitely got speed to burn. Holy uh, crap, man! He had three rushes for 72 yards. <laughs> 52 of them came on the one, which means he. Averaged on his other two carries 10 yards apiece. Damn right. Caleb King, 12 carries for 71. And Ely, who, again, really continues to shine. And as far as the running goes, really does appear to be our best back. Seven carries for 89 yards. Uh, although word is, out of, uh, out of Coach Mark Rick, Ely did miss apparently at least one block on one of the few passes we threw. He is getting better. It's something Ely says he's got to work on. But because of that, uh, Caleb King is, at least right as of now, is going to get the start against Auburn. Right. Going to continue the trend of King starting. Um, we're going to, you know. Let's keep it in the backfield for a minute, too. Okay. Uh, you know, I have accused many times of Coach Mark Rick, if, if not just outright lying to us, certainly kind of speaking with the, with the forked tongue. As our as our Indian brothers tell us. Yes. But I'm going to tell you, 
he did not speak with the forked tongue when he said Joe Cox gave us the best chance to win. Because I tell you, again, and now granted, in Jacksonville, Logan Gray was just definitely thrown into the wolves. But again, to yesterday, Logan Gray just, I don't know. I don't know if it if he would get better with more game time experience, what the deal is, but he just really kind of looks lost out there. Well, I agree. And I mean, like I said, I'm not down on Logan Gray. I don't want to say that he's, you know, not ever going to be a quarterback or not going to play or he's terrible or whatever. But he's sure not we don't ready know. now. But he's right. but yeah, exactly. That's my point. There's absolutely no doubt that Coach Rick and the rest of the coaching staff have absolutely been spot on yeah. with the, if if you stipulate the red shirts for Murray and Mettenberger, okay? If that's if that's in stone or that's a done deal and we're really only looking at Cox and Gray, then, yeah, nobody could have watched that game yesterday and said, man, where the hell's Logan Gray been all this year, you know? Yeah. Because you got Joe Cox. Joe Cox didn't even throw an incomplete pass till damn near the fourth quarter, you know? And Logan Gray, you know, for all the talk about his wheels and the fact that he can run and do things with the ball – you know, he did have a couple of rushes with the ball, but, I mean, he had a couple of rushes where he was just running around and falling down. Yeah. And then the ball that he floated, you know, I watched it on the replay. We watched it live. We watched it again on CSS. The quality of the pass wasn't that great. The trajectory wasn't that great. The speed, there was just nothing well, about just, it. and just threw and the decision, double coverage, Yeah, too. everything I mean, about it. The decision to throw into double coverage, the floater, the wobble, it's a duck. Yeah, and, and I tell you, Lots I don't, good you know, and I don't even know who the receiver was on that play, but it was he wasn't looking at anybody else. I mean, when when they broke the huddle, he was going to throw to whoever that kid was, and sure. he probably could have been quadruple covered. Well, you and know, he was still putting that ball up. Well, we saw what Brandon Spikes said when he got the you know Brandon Spikes picked him for six last week yeah. and said I knew the play before I ran it. Man, when a one double A kid from the Ohio Valley can read your ass forty yards down the field and pick you off, that's pretty. You're not ready for prime time. Pretty rough. And one more quick thing on Brandon Smith because you got to like the confidence and Derek. I know you're going to like this. Uh, they had talked to him during the week that he was going to get a little time in running the ball. And Bobo asked him how many touches he thought he would need in the game before he scored a touchdown. And Brandon Smith, and it did come true, said one. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like a kid who feels like he's got the hot hand. You know what I mean? You really because, do. You know, that's half of it, man. It really is. I mean, Brandon Smith absolutely, I think he absolutely believes he can score on every play. Yeah. And I like it. And speaking of scoring on every play, we scored on our first five possessions yesterday, old dog. That hasn't happened against anybody. You know, I'll tell you, you everybody wants to poo-poo this game and say, oh, we played a nobody and everything. But, you know, this program, even during the Mark Rick era, we haven't had a whole lot of super easy wins. You think back to the Western Carolina game, a UAB. We've yeah. played Troy. We've played Georgia Southern. And granted, I think Troy and Georgia Southern are a lot better than Tennessee Tech. Oh, they are. But and still, we don't get a lot of easy games. No, we don't. And, and in years past when the team has been better than this year's squad we have always kind of had a propensity for playing down to the level of our competition and that certainly wasn't the case this week and hopefully that's not going to be the case uh you know throughout the rest of this year and and in years to come had a lot of freshmen on the field 
uh, you know, that was a good sign. Man, you think about it yesterday, man. Think about the guys we had scoring. I mean, you had Caleb King. You had Wooten out there. You had... Uh, uh, I mean, Arthur Lynch, Walsh, Orson Charles, Aaron Washon White, Ely, Washon Ely, Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Those guys are all either freshmen or sophomores. I mean, you had the future of the Georgia football program on display. You yesterday. really did on both sides of the ball. Man, yeah. And I tell you, think about that new linebacker. I mean, Christian Robinson. I mean, you know, he's a came out of nowhere. Yeah. And really looked really good. Really, in second good game he's had. Almost had a pick six. Yeah. Yeah, we were weird. And I had five tackles, doing well, uh, you know, and keeping with, although they're not related, Montez Robinson, kid that was almost ready to go home and start drinking Boilermakers up at Purdue, uh, came in and had a big day at defensive end. Two sacks. Yeah. Um, and those kids are really young. I mean, we're, we put the youth out there yesterday, and they looked good. And it was good to see. And, you know, I'm hoping that – the the win and the feel on this is something that's going to carry over to these next three games. This this was a confidence build. Well, I hope it was a confidence build. Yeah, I mean, granted, that can go away like that gum smoke on the water in, right. in a second. But, but wouldn't it be great to see the team come out and play the same way they did against Tennessee Tech? In most cases against Auburn mm. next week. Uh, we did have a few down things, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Wait. But it would be just – it would be great to have this momentum to carry over. And if that is the case, uh, someone may want to look at our scheduling a little bit and uh, maybe follow along in the Florida and Alabama lines of getting a couple cupcakes early to get that good feeling and that momentum rolling, get the train Rolling, so when we do hit that SEC schedule, we're going full speed. Sure, and I tell you a couple of things I want to before we get away from it too far on the Logan Gray thing. Um, I do think Logan Gray needs more snaps. I think he does because I mean, heaven forbid, he's not going to get them. He ain't going to get them the rest I, of this he year. He ain't going to get them, but heaven forbid Joe Cox get hurt. Oh, I don't know what we did. Holy crap, man! I would not want to be playing with only Logan Gray as our quarterback. Yeah, so. They we need to keep working this Logan Gray thing. Is even though I wasn't real happy with the results yesterday, that kid's got to get better. Yeah. And also in keeping with the the youth movement we just talked about, think about how awesome we are at special on special teams kicks right now. Mm-hmm. Blair Walsh, man, and Drew Butler, freshmen and freshmen and sophomores. I'm yeah. telling you what, don't tell me that Blair Walsh can't kick a damn touchback every single time. Oh, I know. I mean, you know, I granted teams might return it from the goal line or whatever. That's their prerogative. But I'm telling you, Blair Walsh can flat out get it done. Yeah. I don't know where Brandon Bogote is. I don't know if his if he's wearing number 57 now or what. But I'm telling you, Blair Walsh in a competitive environment has risen to the occasion, has totally manned up. And it's freaking booting it. And one way or another, Brandon Bogate did, did his job because this year we do have a kicker that can put it in the end zone. Damn right. Exactly. Whether it's Bogate or Bogate's pushing Walsh, I don't care. Because it doesn't matter if you're kicking off to Tennessee Tech, kicking off to Florida, or kicking off the New England Patriots. If that somebody goes six yards deep in the end zone, they're going to bring it out, out to the, the 20. point. So, I love it, baby. I love me some Brandon Walsh and some Drew Butler. I love, I love me some end zone kicking. I love me some end zone kicking, baby. All right, now, let's talk about, let's, before we go to the bad stuff, let's talk about domination for yeah. a second. Because as dominant as we were on the offensive side of the ball, scoring on our first five possessions, going up and down the field like a house on fire, the defense was lights 
out yesterday. Yeah, 15 tackles for losses. Wow. Negative 13 yards rushing for the whole game. Yeah. I mean, they had one, I guess it was the kick after either our first or second touchdown. They actually had a pretty good return, came out to, I believe it was the 37-38. And on the first play from scrimmage, 15-yard sack. <laughs> I mean, that was just the kind of stuff that you love to it see. It was brutal. It was brutal what our defense did yeah. to them yesterday. I, it was so bad that one of my boys said, you know, Dad, we should we should ease up on that quarterback. I mean, they were actually <laughs> – I had family members calling for us to let up on those guys because we were just using them on defense, man. You're right. 55 yards total offense given up yesterday. It was a it was a bruising Georgia defense yesterday, yeah. and the kind of game they needed. I mean, how do you get sixteen tackles for a loss without Justin Houston on the field? Right. That's fantastic, man. Um, but you know, beyond that, though, as good as that was, and and kind of segueing into the stuff that I don't like to talk about, we played a team yesterday that we sacked six times. We had 16 tackles for a loss. They played two quarterbacks and had no idea what they were doing on offense. And with all of that, we still could not create a single turnover yesterday. No. As dominant as our defense was, as dominant as we owned them and still could not dislodge the ball, could not pick off the ball, could not put the ball on the carpet and pick it up yeah. for one takeaway. Yeah, and there were I mean we and we did have a couple chances. Yeah. On that, it's just, it's one of those years where, well, sometimes the ball does bounce in favor of the offense, which it did on one of those fumbles. But again, you're right. I mean, as dominant as the defense was, we did not improve our last place standing and takeaway ratio. And not only did we not take the ball away from Tennessee Tech a single time, we did have a pick on our side yeah. and three fumbles. Put the ball on the ground three times. We, I know. We, I mean, we're still again. And if we put the ball on the ground or you know put the ball in jeopardy four times and lose one against Tennessee Tech. It just doesn't bode well for going into Auburn, you know, no, having Auburn, it, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech left to go. It does not bode together. well for the Auburn game. We still are not, we still have not fixed the turnover problem. Not no. even close. And another problem that we haven't fixed. Penalties. Uh, again, you know, and, and no reason for it. We had 11 penalties for 86 yards. Uh, Coach Rick was trying a new thing yeah. out and said he doesn't, and, and apparently it didn't work. Yeah. So he's going to go by it. But if you were, if the flag was thrown on you, then you came out of the game. Exactly. Immediately. I mean, you. Especially on offensive line. You ran off, and speaking of that, unfortunately, of those 11 penalties, six were for false starts. I know. Now, some of the players apparently said, you know, that the the Golden Eagles were were making some noises and and barking out stuff that may have seemed like cadence. Well, you know, blah blah blah. That that happens in every football game. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, if you know the line of scrimmage is not a quiet place. Yeah. Don't tell me you got spooked and, by the one double A Golden Eagles. And believe me, if the Golden Eagles are doing it, the the Auburn War Eagles. 
yeah, are going to be doing exactly. it, along with the Auburn Tigers and the Auburn Plainsmen. Yeah, the Plainsmen, all of them, oof, they're tough. All of them are going to be grunting and making noises <laughs> and stuff like that. We have just, and, you know, this was the second time in a row that we've had the same starting lineup. You would hope that there may be a little more consistency there, and we wouldn't have had now, these false starts. But in fairness to the offensive line, the true down five, all those false starts weren't on the offensive line, and some of them were on or on our tight yeah. ends and stuff too. I mean, it wasn't all you know, honest to goodness offensive linemen right. jumping off line offsides. But yeah, still six false starts. You know, it, that's just uncalled yeah, for. Yeah, and we're not. We're not going to win a game against an SEC opponent with those with those kind of penalties. Eleven penalties and four put the ball on the ground four times. Yeah, I mean they kill you. It was, uh, I guess it was the Clemson game last night, and you know a great measure on that. Florida State had got, I think it was Florida State, uh, had gotten down to like the one or the two yard line. Uh, there were three penalties against whatever team was on defense. You know, that move the ball half the distance to the goal, half the distance to the goal, half the distance to the goal. Then there's a false start penalty, backs it up five yards. They miss getting the touchdown, have the ball on the two, and bam, what happens? They miss the field goal. You know, that's the kind of stuff that can just bite you on the ass and kill you. I know. And we, if we've got any chance at all of not playing in Shreveport, Louisiana, or Nashville, Tennessee, and keeping our record of, of nine win seasons alive, we have got to eliminate these mistakes. Right. And maybe the punishment thing just ain't working. I mean, maybe I don't know what we got to do. We got to do something. I don't know if anything works. I don't know. but I'll, Maybe a flogging. <laughs> or what was, what was that they used to do over in a caning? Caning. A caning. It may be, maybe caning. Caning at the, in the Tate Center Plaza. Yeah. You know what I mean? A public caning on the Tate Center Plaza. You know that little stage they got right there, you know? Yeah. Maybe we could, I don't know, do something right there where we just beat them in public. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what we're going to do, but we've got to get better. Something has got to happen. And, you know, and this is as we were talking yesterday. But we, this isn't an aberration. I mean, I know, this we've is, been saying this all This year. is our second year in a row where we've just had this kind of penalty problem. But, I, but I'll tell you, dog fans, the takeaway from this game yesterday, though, was it was a dominant performance on both sides of the ball. We did run the ball better. And it, 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 for a team like the Bulldogs, for a program like University of Georgia of late, even though you know we've had a lot of opportunities for easy wins against bad teams, we have not gotten those easy wins. And yesterday we actually did get the really easy win. Yeah. And dominant on both sides. Right. And for the first time in a long time, here's a team that we should have dominated and we did. And we did. That we did not let into the game. And lastly, the last takeaway for me out of this game was the fact that youth was on display. I mean, this team is going to get better. I know we've got problems on defense and people have got changes they'd like to make to the coaching staff and stuff. But I'm telling you, the talent, the core talent, the youth on this team. Next year, you know, we're going to Logan Gray, Aaron Murray. We get the right quarterback next year, and we have all this youth with A.J. Green and King and Brown and Wooten and Smith and the run, Ely. I'm telling you. And then the offensive line just keeps getting better. I mean, the offensive line's going to get better. Um I'm I'm I was excited about seeing all that youth yesterday. Well, and and I agree with you to a point, but you know, and and I hate to I hate to quote the evil one, but it it is a fact, and you hit the nail on the head. Some changes need to be made at coaching 
Because as Steve Spurrier once said, all those good players come at Georgia, and I wonder what happens to them. And that's the same thing. I mean, we've got we've got a lot of great young talent out there. Coach Rick, you know what you need to do. You've got to get the right coaches in to coach that talent up. So in a year or two, we can contend for an SEC championship and a national championship. You know what I tell Steve Spurrier? Well, I tell you, you know what happens to those players? They win two SEC championships in eight years. Two SEC championships in eight years. Okay? So just chill. Just relax. All right? It's going to be okay. They finished number two in the country two years ago. That's what happened to them. That they did. That's what happened to them. So just relax. Okay? Coach Rick's not a dummy. No, and I don't, and I don't think he is. So anyway, we didn't get a single email. We didn't get a, this is the, this is the final takeaway from that game yesterday. No calls, no emails. The only email we had (laughs) happened to just talk about recruiting and it was like just a random email. And, and it was great because apparently we've made an offer to another receiver. I know, exactly. we got more receivers coming, you know, which is just what we need, boy, yeah. more receivers. But anyway, it, was, you know, it wasn't a very exciting game. It was kind of a snoozer. I put up the picture of August 7, um, and he's sleeping. Yeah, but let's just hope that it was a confidence builder for the team and something that they can carry into these last three games that really do mean something. Right. And, um, and look, folks. Tech ain't unbeatable. Had to go overtime. To beat Wake. To beat Wake Forest. Wake's got 2,500 students, okay? Tech is not, I mean, I don't know what Tech is, but the problem is, you know, we just don't match up good against Tech, you know? No, we don't. But we'll talk about that later. Right. Uh, A couple other things I want to talk about. Pool winner, um, me, yours truly, Derek, the football genius, the the brains behind the show, uh, came in fifth. And a guy named UGA Edgar, UGA Edgar. Wow. Won it. So, Edgar, if you're out there, Georgia Edgar, Edgar, whatever, uh, send me your address. You get a little package of swag in the mail this week. Um, and one other thing I want to talk about, because we're universally, we everybody knows that we don't pay much attention to Georgia, any other sport. Basketball, tennis, golf, baseball, we don't really care. We cover football all the time. But I just want to say hats off to Mark Fox for doing all the right things. I tell you, I don't know what kind of basketball coach he is. I don't know what kind of team we're going to have. But I'm telling you, Mark Fox has done everything that you're supposed to do, everything that you need to do to be successful at the University of Georgia When in terms of politicking, shaking hands, being in front of the press, telling people to come out to the games. I like what Mark Fox is at least trying to do in the preseason for the basketball team. And I really hope he's able to put it together. I hope he's able to put together the real regular season as as well as he's put together the preseason. Yeah, he certainly is doing all the right things. I tell you, I just like to see that. I, I just, I mean, I, I'm. It's, it's cool to be kind of excited about something new happening over yeah. at Stegman Hall, you know? So uh, I hope, Mark Fox, we want to send you all the best wishes, buddy. We hope you are just getting ready for a big season in uh, Stegman Hall with UGA men's basketball. Now, that's going to wrap up for the show, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been show 216. The phone number, if you want to give us a call and talk about recruiting or why Brandon Smith should be a starting tailback or whatever you want to talk about, 706-363-0210. Our email is dogcast at gmail.com. Give us a call. Give us an email. We'll play your calls on the show. Thanks for listening. 
And we've got Auburn next week. I think it's on, is it on the deuce or regular? I, I don't think they've decided yet. I know it's seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, no matter what. Seven o'clock kickoff against the War Eagle Plainsman Tiger Big Orange and Blue coming to town. It's always a great game. It is, and it's going to be a great game. Oldest this year. rivalry in the South. Man, I tell you what, it's always a great game. Tell you what, this is one that can divide a family. Whew, ain't that the truth? I don't want to call any names, but uh, yeah, this game gets inside your household and causes trouble. Yep. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Go dogs.